Thank you so much. Wow, what an amazing service so far, isn't it? It's just me that's excited about it. What an amazing service so far. Awesome, awesome. Well, I'm going to be a little bit honest with you this morning, if that's okay. Um, you probably notice I'm normally here with my, uh, we're going to call my Robin, like Batman and Robin, but I think she's more Batman and I'm more Robin. So my Robin, Pastor Jackie, I'm on my own this morning, so I think you're going to have to help me out a little bit. I feel a little bit nervous and a little bit vulnerable uh, because she's not with me, but that's okay. It's good to push yourself out sometimes, isn't it? So my name's Lee. I have the amazing privilege of serving as one of the pastors here at the church. And another admission to make, and that is, I absolutely love this church. Who loves this church? I love this church. We've been here for about two years, and during that two years, it's been a little bit of a roller coaster. Not, not just because of the, the work at church, but everything else that's been going on. But my wife, and I'm sure I speak on behalf of Jackie as well, we wouldn't swap it for the world. You know, we love being here. Every single day, we appreciate so much the, the people that we're serving with here, the leaders here. And we're just so passionate and grateful about serving God uh, with many of you guys. And, and can I just say right now that it's the amazing people who serve God in this church that make it that incredible place to be. Okay, And we're so blessed to be serving alongside so many of you, doing life together and enjoying the journey. So my role, again, as well as being a pastor in the church, is operations. Okay, So does anyone know what operations is? I'm still trying to fathom it out, if I'm honest with you. And I think I've nearly worked it out. Operations is everything. Okay, Operations is making stuff happen. All right? So I'm pretty sure there's a lot of people in this room and maybe people at home as well that have a job or a responsibility that involves making stuff happen, yeah? So I'm currently overseeing things like the financial side of the church, admin, worship, media, hospitality, health and safety departments, and much more. There was a little area that um, Pastor Linda and Jason did assign to me uh, that was quickly taken away from me, and that was overseeing the cleaning. Uh, but if you've ever met Pastor Jackie, unfortunately, I didn't meet her high standards on that, so, so she took it away from me. But in the last couple of weeks, in, in all admission, um, Pastor Jackie and, and her mum Estelle actually uh, caught COVID. And they're, they're absolutely fine. Don't worry about that. They're out of isolation now. Jackie's still a little bit tired. Um, and they're okay, and they're allowed to come out. But guess what? All the childcare responsibilities fell upon me. So their isolation meant I had to do things like the school runs, the dance classes, the swimming lessons, the cooking. Come on, get your violins out. The homework. I even had to take Beth. Listen, this is a bit of a, too much of an admission, but I had to take Beth. She was booked in to see a show called Frozen the Musical in London. Okay. So I, what I, my plan was that I was going to get get in the car and I was going to drive the ladies down, I was going to drop them outside and then I was going to have a nice crispy duck in Chinatown and enjoy myself and then I was going to pick them back up and we were going to drive back and they were going to tell me all about it and I was going to have a full belly. Unfortunately, I had to take, uh, I had to take Beth to see Frozen because Jackie was isolating, okay? I did, I, 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 secretly I did enjoy it, okay? But, but on the other side of it, I did have to put my foot down when when Beth said to me, well, mummy was going dressed as Elsa and I was going as Anna. 
So I, I had to put my foot down a little bit at that point. Uh, and I'm sure that many of you pay a good money to see me dress as Elsa, but, but that's, a, that's a different thing. Um, and also things like, little things are not considered like, like um, doing best hair. Like, you know, so Jackie said in the morning, oh, what you've got to do is you've got to, you've got to put hair in a French plait. And I'm like, what? What's a French plait? So she got, she got a ponytail. She got a ponytail every day. Uh, and that's how I had to manage. Um, but you know what? There's so many people in this building, I'm sure, who are balancing things as well, and probably more, on a daily basis. So we've got people in this church, I'm sure, such as single parents, parents of multiple children, working families. And I, I just want to say, guys, you know, you guys do an amazing job, an amazing job to still manage to create time and space to serve God in the church as well. And we are so privileged, and we do not ever take that for granted. We're privileged to have you with us. And you do an incredible role of spinning so many different plays. So listen, I just want to give a little moment. If we can just give them a hand, just to honour those people. We appreciate you so, so much. So much. So I'm just going to share today the biblical principles of keeping, and you've seen the balance, okay? Uh, thank you to Maeve, by the way. It's difficult to find the old school old soul scales. Um, so I'm going to go through the biblical principles of keeping a healthy balance of serving God in our lives. Is it just me, but, but since lockdown, things just seem, and I think, uh, I think actually we mentioned it earlier, that everything just seems so busy and so complicated since lockdown. And we used to have a saying in our house, uh, it was, um, and I still use it sometimes, we'll get there, we'll get there, We'll get there. And I'll be completely honest with you, in this busy season, I'm trying my best not to say that anymore uh, because I'm not quite sure where there is. I think it's heaven. We're going to go with heaven. Um, but we're constantly having to juggle our priorities, aren't we, at the moment? So we've been following this Serve campaign over this last several weeks, and we've been exploring together the various biblical teachings of serving God. And Pastor Jason explored a couple of weeks ago about our time, our talent. Remember that, our time, our talent, and our treasure. So the ways that we serve God pretty much fall into those categories. But how do we really position this with everything that life is throwing at us? How can we be fruitful as well as fulfilling our purpose and also managing the pressures of life? Okay. So before going into full-time ministry, I've only recently gone into full-time ministry, before that, for about 25 years, my work wasn't in a church at all. I worked in a, a corporate environment, like many of people that, that are in here today. And I'm sure you know it's all a massive different ball game. Things like targets and KPIs, we know them, don't we? Clocking in and clocking out. And the priorities are so different as well, and so is the culture. And I'll be completely honest, many times I would compartmentalise in my head the work that I did in the day, and then accept in my mind that it was a financial facilitator. So it was a way of making money. And that could do things like pay the bills, support my family, and give uh, my financial offerings to God. And then I would go to church at the weekend, or I'd do like life group, um, our worship rehearsal in the evenings. So in my head, I lived in like two different worlds. Is that familiar? So then I'd feel guilty at the end of the week if I was tired and I weren't giving my best for God. And I were doing my Christian duties of going to church and serving God. And it felt like, have you heard the term, um, the, tail, uh, the tail wagging the dog? 
it felt a lot, about, a, lot, a lot like that. So the circumstances around me were controlling how much, where and when I was serving God. So what we want to answer today is how do we achieve the balance of serving God in our lives? And to get to the answer to this, we're going to flip some things on their heads today. Okay, so let's just forget for a little while what we've previously been taught or told, and let's just dig into the biblical principles of serving God and achieving what God wants us to do in our lives. And you know, church, maybe it's just me, and I'm, sure, I'm pretty sure it's all of you again, we can get so muddled sometimes, and we can get so muddled with what society is telling us that we need to do to achieve a healthy life. Things like self-help books, life coaches, and things like that. You know, I read a book recently, and it said on the front cover, this book will change your life forever. Do you know what? It was so underwhelming. I had so high expectations of what it was. And do you know what, church? There's only one book that has saved me. There's only one book that has gave me eternal life, and it's the Bible, the Word of God. And listen, I'm not saying that we shouldn't use those things and seek help. I have to do that and have done that myself. We absolutely should do when needed. But the huge thing to remember here is that we need the perspective that those things alone don't often take God's commands into consideration and are trying to help us achieve happiness so we feel better. The thing is, is happiness is a great emotion, but it is an emotion. And God is so much bigger than that. So we all like to feel happy, and it's also healthy for us to do that. And it is good for us to feel that from time to time. But commonly, we miss the big, big picture. And that's our eternity and us fulfilling God's purpose in our lives. Things like Instagram, Facebook, TV is full of unrealistic targets and aims where we'll actually feel more guilty that we aren't achieving the perfect image of happiness. And it gives us a false snapshot of reality. But if we live our lives with eternity in view, God and his word are the only things that will give you eternal life. So can I challenge you this morning, church, if you're spending more time reading self-help books and watching YouTube videos on how to live a happy life than reading God's word, then don't be surprised if you're struggling with your balance in your life. Because your input is imbalanced, so your output is going to be unbalanced as well. And we've got a roadmap that's right in front of us, the Bible. And guess what? God doesn't want you to just feel happy. He wants you to feel happy, but he just doesn't want you just to feel happy. That's too shallow of a thing for a huge God. God wants you to experience restoration, brokenness turned to fulfillment, mourning into dancing. He wants to bless you. And let me tell you, serving God is one of the key, it's not the only way, but it's one of the key ways of achieving this. And listen, let's be realistic. The Bible can be tough sometimes to understand, a bit like um, what Des mentioned earlier, but it's such a fulfilling thing and it eventually gives us the answers that we need. To, that we need. So let's just have a look at the Bible right now. Paul writes in Romans 8.8, 8, if we can just have that on the screen, those in the flesh cannot please God. See, just a bit of context for this. Paul was a, was a missionary at the time and he was on his journey through Europe towards Spain. 
And he was in the battle of educating many new converts in how to live their lives and explains that the only way that they can receive the gracious provision of God was through a relationship with Jesus. See, Paul identifies an issue with the people, with the Romans, and he actually labels them two separate things. He calls them the weak in faith and the strong in faith. The weak being those whose faith is limited and is still stuck in the flesh, and the strong being those who sacrifice for God, but they also receive the provision that he gives. In Romans 15 verse 3, he writes, For even Christ did not please himself, but as it was written, the insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. The cornerstone of Christ's teaching is to love. It's to put others first. It's to sacrifice. It's to build up other people. Not our will, but yours be done. And we need to have the same perspective of those strong people in the, like the Romans were. So does anyone here prefer, in fact, don't tell me if you don't, because that's a bad admission, but does anyone in this, in this room actually prefer giving gifts to receiving them? I actually enjoy Christmas, probably now more I've got a child, but I actually enjoy giving gifts at Christmas. And it's our daughter's Bethy, uh, it's her birthday coming up shortly, and, and, and she's not been really properly, probably a lot, a lot of people, a lot of kids last year, not being able to celebrate their birthday last year due to lockdown. And we're celebrating this year by taking her to see Lion King at the theatre in London. And she's really excited about it. But I've got an admission, I'm, pretty, I'm more excited than she is because how I know that she's actually going to love the show. So most of the time, I'll probably be looking at her more than I'm looking at the show because I know that she's going to be, she's going to be in awe of it and it's going to be something that's going to, going to consume her passions, you know, that kind of a thing. And it's very much like our service to God. When we're aligned with God in our heart, we're not looking to actually please ourselves, but we're looking to see God through other people. You know, Paul also writes that in Philippians chapter 3, verse 7 to 8, For whatever were gains to me, I now consider as loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. You know, church, you need to know this morning, the pressure is a privilege. The busyness that we're experiencing, the workplace that we've been put in, the people that we've been put around is an opportunity. That is your service to God. And yes, we do. We all suffer from time to time. And that, honestly, it's not going to change. And it's bad theology to say that your life is going to get happier or richer by the world's standards when you get closer to God. See, Paul was extremely close to God, I'm sure, but he suffered greatly. He was locked in prison, but he actually described himself as being free. You know, entering into a relationship with God provides eternal life, and God has placed us on this earth for this tiny amount of time to serve him well. What a privilege it is, church, to be chosen by God. What a privilege it is to be forgiven. What a privilege it is to be saved. It's a privilege, isn't it? It's a privilege to be saved. Thank you, God, for choosing us to serve on this earth, for offering our lives, offering our, so we can offer our lives as a living sacrifice to him, 
All we want to do or should want to do is please God. You know, there is a good side to it. Remember as well that God provides for us to be able to do that work, okay? So he gives us the Holy Spirit and the fruits of the Spirit. And we also become more and more Christ-like. We become more like Jesus through something called our sanctification. So that's us becoming more like, more like Christ. And he changes our outlook on life by giving us purpose and meaning. And God gives us the tools that we need to serve him in our different areas of life. So back to the balance bit. How do we achieve the balance that people talk of in our lives? And here's another way we need to throw things upside down a little bit. You know, here is an old school set of weighing scales. Thanks again to Maeve for sorting that out. And each ball represents here the priorities that we have in our daily lives. Things like God, I'm going to drop these, aren't I? Work, okay, family, church, okay? I'm just picking four. There's probably more, but I'm just going to pick four. How do we prioritize these things and put them in order? And how do we actually balance them out? You know, I, want, I heard one person say once that, you know, I, I always put God first, then I put my family, then I put my church, then I put my work. And then maybe we do a bit of church and a bit of family time. And then maybe we balance that out with a bit of God and a bit of work. Oh, no, actually, work pays the bills, so that should come first. So we need a bit of that and a less of the other. And then we just get confused, don't we? Okay? So let's just throw it all up, in the, up, up this morning. Let's flip it on its head, okay? There's a difference between prioritizing, putting in order, aligning, and I'll explain that in a second, and balancing, okay? So hang in with me. You're hanging in with me there, yeah? I can't see many of you. You're hanging in with me. I can hear you, so that's fine. Deuteronomy 5, verse 32 says... You shall be careful, therefore, to do as the Lord your God has commanded you. You shall not turn aside to the left hand, which my hands are there, to the right hand or to the left. See, the thing is, you must choose how you will live. To love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and might is to align your life around your consuming passion for the Lord. See, aligning is not prioritizing, okay? We can't put serving God on a list of priorities or diarize it. And we need to get out of that way of thinking that puts things in order or balances things out. And I'll be really honest, for people that know me well, okay, my life is run, and Pastor Jack is as well, is run by diaries and lists, okay? I have a list for everything. I've got a list of things that I do on certain days. 80% of what I do is stuff that I do every week, probably like all of you, 20% comes up by surprise. So 80% goes in my diary, in my actual sheet, day to day, what I'm going to do and how much time it takes. And then the 20% goes on my whiteboard, okay, because that's stuff that I have to do as a one-off and then, and then I write off. And then in my diary, if I'm attending a meeting, and that's Jackie as well, so she's not getting away with it, all right? So we have where we're going to go, and we have the addressing, okay? We have the addressing because we have an alert that gives us an alert five minutes before we're supposed to leave to tell us how long it needs to get, so it knows how long we need to get there so we're not late for a meeting. It sounds tiring just talking about it, doesn't it, really? I'll be honest. And even worse, we've got a, we've got a reminder in the diary to take our, when to take our bins out, and it's a shared diary, 
It doesn't remember the distance and tell us when we've got to leave uh, at the bottom of the drive. But we're trained to have lists and priorities, aren't we? So we use this way of thinking sometimes and we apply it to serving God. One is more important than the other, so it must come first. The second thing to remember is aligning is not balancing, okay? When the issue of serving God and loving your family is raised, people often say, you have to keep a balance. You should have time, uh, so we'll say this as God, okay? You have time for ministry, you should have a time for your family, and all that kind of thing. And you should love your family. You have to keep a balance. So in our heads, we've got a bit of one on the other, a bit of one side, and then what happens is if something comes unexpectedly our way, and then the whole balance is just destroyed. The weighing scales go out of the air, and then I'll tell you what happens, we end up then feeling guilty, don't we? We feel guilty that we can't balance things and we're not putting God first. Our priorities are out and our balance is out. See, balance sounds good. It's a good cliche. If you went onto YouTube and you searched healthy balance, there'll be millions of things on there. But it's an unhelpful idea. If loving the Lord, okay, and loving your family, or serving the Lord and serving your family have to be kept in balance... It means that these two things are actually on the opposite sides of the scale, okay? So they're actually being weighed against each other. And I don't know, I don't know you, but I don't, want to, I don't want my family to be weighed against the Lord. I don't want my family to, I want my family to be weighed for the Lord. See, we're not looking to achieve a balance. We're looking to achieve an alignment. Does this make sense, church, this morning? I was, I was hoping it would. We need to have the perspective of serving God through all of our lives, okay? And that includes our workplaces. It's not a separate thing. Through the tasks we complete in our lives, are we serving God? Are we aligned with God? And if we're not, we need to start looking at doing so, okay? Or we have to scrap it altogether. He knew that was coming, by the way, and not took his head off. The fact of the matter is, they should all be the same thing. They all need to be aligned in serving God. See, Christ lays claim to all of your life, not part of it. And you can't separate loving God and serving God. Okay? Let me say that again so you've got it. You cannot separate loving God and serving God. You serve God by loving your family. You serve God by coming to church and volunteering. You serve God through financially giving with a joyful heart. You serve God through your daily work. You know, Paul writes in Romans again. I'm liking Paul this morning, aren't I? Chapter 11, verse 36. For from him, through him, and for him are all things. God needs to be the source. God needs to be the means. God needs to be the goal for all things. And through our alignment with God, we serve him in church. We serve him in our family. And we serve him through our work. I'd like us to look at the purpose of serving God in our work, okay? And when I say work, by the way, I mean things like employment, voluntary work, 
or even being retired or a stay-at-home parent or a student, okay? So that is all your labor that's going on outside of the church. How do we connect that to God's plan for the world? See, firstly, God designed us for work. See, the work that you're doing right now is part of God's design. And God doesn't design anything without a purpose, does he? See, God's designing things and he's all got a purpose behind it. And so God then should, should in our head, should be calling us to our workplace for a reason and a purpose. And it's our act of service to God. So we're going to look at Paul again. And he writes in 1 Corinthians 7 verse 17. Nevertheless, each person should live as a believer in whatever situation the Lord has assigned to them, just as God has called them. This is the rule I laid down in all the churches. There was a guy called, uh, well, there is a guy called Mike Ullman, and he's the former CEO of a company called J.C. Penney, and that's a, a huge retail store in the U.S. It's a little bit like um, House of Fraser. And when he was first approached about the job, he actually asked for advice from his friend, and his friend, just like your friend like these, he was the founder of Starbucks, okay? Good having a friend who's the founder of Starbucks. And Mike had retired, and he was reluctant uh, to take the job. But the Starbucks founder said to him, Mike, this opportunity is made for you, mate. I'm not sure if you said mate. This opportunity is made for you, okay? They actually need to put service back into the mission of the company, and you're the guy to do it. He didn't need the recognition or the money at the time, but he agreed to do so because he realized that he could help refocus 25,000 employees into putting service first. And he saw an opportunity to show them that serving others was an honorable career. In short, he believed that God called him to that particular position of service. The biblical use of calling, like from this verse in Corinthians, is Greek and it's called kaleo, okay? You're not a proper preacher if you haven't got Greek in, I've been told, okay? So it's kaleo, and that usually describes God's summons to men and women into faith and union with Jesus. It's also a call to serve him by reaching the world with his message. God's calling to us not only has an individual aspect, so it's not just for us, but it has a communal aspect as well. It not only brings us into relationship with him, but also with a body of believers, such as us right here. And amazingly, the Greek word for church is a word called ecclesia, which literally means the ones called out. It's amazing, isn't it? So to put it simply, God has called you all to your work. This amazing verse in 1 Corinthians, Paul can't make it any clearer that when becoming a Christian, you don't need to change your marital state or your job to please God. You're right where you are for a reason and a purpose, and you can really serve him from where you are. Yes, the church, this church, relies on so many, like I mentioned earlier, faithful people who give up their time to serve God through the church. And we literally, and li I'm saying it literally, people say literally, it doesn't usually mean literally, but literally, we couldn't function without you. And I also believe that to be a fully functioning part of our family of believers, it is a requirement to serve within the church, to be a part of that functioning family of believers. Because you can't be a family without serving each other. 
And it also fits in with our command to take gospel to the nations, doesn't it? Serving the church. And I'll be honest, I don't know where I would be, or looking over the years, uh, I don't know where I'd be without my church family to pick me up when I was down, to check on me, to pray for me, to encourage me and support me, to sometimes give me the truth when I actually need to hear it, but it's not what I want to hear. It's a fundamental part of our Christian walk to be with other believers and to strengthen each other and to encourage each other. And we can't be a functioning part of that family without serving each other. So if you don't currently serve God through the church, I implore you to look into ways that you can do so. I'm not going to labour this point because I feel that's been laboured over, over previous weeks and we're not here to, to make you feel guilty. But it is really important that being, if you want to be a fully functioning part of this family of Christ, it is to serve God within it. See, Paul uses two different words. He uses the words, word assign, and he uses the word call in Corinthians. Elsewhere, Paul's actually spoken of God calling people into a relationship with him and assigning them spiritual gifts to do ministry and to build the church community. Paul uses the same words in Corinthians when he says that every Christian should remain in the work that God has assigned to him and to which God has called him. But Paul's not just meaning church ministry there. He's meaning things like common social or economic tasks, such as regular jobs, as we might, may like to call them. And they are just as much God's callings. They're just as much of God's assignments. So if you're working in a secular environment and you're surrounded with non-Christians, what a perfect and amazing opportunity you have. You're right in the thick of it. So anyone who's in this room that doesn't know Jesus even, They've probably been invited here by someone or they've seen someone else's faith put into practice. They've actually seen a glimpse of Jesus through you. Does that make sense? Through you. And remember, just as God equips Christians for building up the body of Christ, he also equips people with talents and gifts for various kinds of work for the purpose of building the human community. You know, sometimes... Many people find their identity in their jobs, don't they? Um, You ask people who they are and they tell you what they do as a job. That's the first question. Well, what job do you do? A lot of people find their identity from that. And usually the main reason for that is because it gives them a sense of achievement or fulfillment or or filling their self-purpose. I started my career uh, 14 years ago. I started my career. My career is different now. But I started my career 14 years ago and I started it Uh, I kind of fell into it because it paid better than my current job. And I was determined to have a good career so I could earn more money and I could provide for my family. And I then got caught in the web of wanting more responsibility, another promotion. And then I found that the more commitment and time that I put into my job, the more money and, and power that I got. And that was amazing for the companies that I worked for as they had someone that would get stuff done and it would make them a lot of money. And it was good for me because it paid me financial security and status. So everybody surely was happy. But I'd forgotten one huge thing. I'd forgotten that God had actually called me and assigned me there. And he'd have called me and assigned me there, not for, not for me, but for him. See, for someone to be called, it's got to be from 
and for someone else. And God has called and assigned me for his purpose. For, he's assigned me for his purpose, not mine. And it can only be a calling if someone has called you to it. You know, many Christians, and maybe some of you here, we need to shift our perspective of work in the world. We're not to choose jobs or conduct our work to fulfill ourselves and accrue power. Being called by God should be empowering enough. We have to see work as a way of service to God and our neighbour so we can conduct it in line with his purpose. So when you're considering a new job, what you should be considering asking yourself is not will it make me more money and give me a higher status? It should be, how can I use my existing abilities and opportunities to serve God and other people, knowing what I do of God's will and of human need? And if the point of our work is to serve and exalt ourselves, it actually becomes less about the work and it becomes more about us. Things like our aggressiveness at work will eventually become abuse. Our drive will become burnout. And our self-sufficiency will become self-loathing. But if the purpose of our work is to serve and exalt someone beyond ourselves, then we have a better reason to deploy our talent, our ambition, our entrepreneurial vigour, and we're more likely, actually, to be successful in the long run. You know, we've got some amazing people in our church who run successful businesses, and I was talking with one the other day, and he was, he's using the resources from his business to set up and, full, uh, and, and create a wellness centre that's non-profit. See, his leadership style is actually to serve others, and that's evidenced through his business, and that's why he's also successful. So through our work, we can truly serve others and serve God. You know, our work is also an act of love. Showing love to God and others through our work. Think about the seats that you're sitting in right now. Think about the building that we're gathering together in. The clothes that we wear. My haircut, okay, Erica's, uh, Erica's um, cuts hair, okay, and she'll tell you. My hair, you don't want to see it when it's not been cut. I think some of you suffered that through lockdown when Jackie had to try and cut my hair and we were on video. Everything is completed by people doing work and it's a service to us. Could you imagine if everybody right now just quit, if we all just went, do you know what? That's it. We've quit. We've finished work. What would happen? Civilization would come to a halt. Food would disappear from the shelves. This sound familiar? Petrol stations would run out of fuel. And we've experienced that, haven't we? For, for whatever reason, and I'm not going to it, we've lost some HGV drivers and everybody is in panic mode. I think we'd soon be back to huddling around fires and building campfires, I think. Maybe I need to start learning how to uh, plant vegetables in my garden. But there's no way of loving, our, there's, there's no better way of loving our neighbours than serve, and serving God through our work. So whether you're working in a warehouse or you're writing parking tickets, whether you're editing videos, whether you're writing books, simply by doing your work and only skillful and competent work will do. Only the best for the God that we serve. There's a lady, uh, she was a writer, Dorothy Sayers, and she writes, the church's approach to an intelligent carpenter is usually confined to telling him to not be drunk and disorderly in his leisure hours and come to church on Sundays. 
What the church should be telling him as well is this, that the very first demand that his religion makes upon him is to make good tables. It's so true, isn't it? If we are assigned and we're called to serve God through our work, then we need to do it excellently. We have an amazing worship team here, church, don't we? An amazing worship team. And uh, it's an absolute honour to uh, help lead the team, along with Donna and Phil. And I personally see behind the scenes the level of commitment and practice that goes on to make it what it is. Last Saturday, 28 members of the worship and the production team gathered together for a whole day to help achieve excellence, to help refine their skills, to serve God and to serve you as well. It wouldn't be very glorifying, would it, if all of a sudden they all just rocked up on a Sunday and just made it up as they went along. Or if you came into church on a Sunday morning and no one showed you to your seat or handed activities for your children. Things would be a lot different, wouldn't they? But they serve you and they serve God well by putting in the time, the effort in to develop their craft. So how do we connect what we do on a Sunday morning with the work that we do the rest of the week? How can we touch God through the work that we do in the world? The first way, like I've mentioned, is by being competent. And those that grasp an understanding of work will still have a desire to succeed, but not nearly as driven to overwork, which means then falling off a cliff mentally when the results don't happen or the targets aren't met. You'll never feel truly fulfilled in your work until you see it as a calling to love your neighbour and to serve God. John Calvin wrote, No task will be seen as sordid, providing that you obey your calling in it, that it will not shine and be reckoned very precious in God's sight. Your daily work is ultimately an act of worship to God who called and equipped you to do it, no matter what the kind of work it is. So at your work, be present, turn up, complete your tasks and show Jesus to the people that you're around. And if you are, you are loving actually and serving God in your workplace by saying no to bending the rules when under pressure. You're loving and serving God in your workplace by not ripping someone off when you're under pressure. You're loving and serving God by not getting drunk on that work night out or laughing at that inappropriate joke. And I know that some of you probably work in environments that question your morality a little bit. I've been there myself. Those little corners get cut now and then and we turn a blind eye. Treating someone badly or manipulating someone to help the needs of the business. And you know that pressure to conform can be great. I've given into it before myself. The needs of the business comes first and we all have the pressure of keeping our job and justifying our existence there. And we know that saying no might create a problem or it might affect our career. It might put us out of a job. Has anybody been there? Is it just me? Has anybody been there? You get the alarm bells going off in your spirit. This isn't right. I should say something. And then you start to justify it to yourself. Well, nobody's getting harmed, so it's okay. I'm doing it so I can stay in work. I'm doing it so I can provide for my family. Do you know... I used to justify some crazy things to myself. 
We have a habit of doing that, don't we? Justifying some crazy things to myself. You know, I, I, I sh- I'm doing this, actually. I'm doing this at work so I can earn my money, so I can give my tithe. Crazy. We justify these things. And it's a slippery slope. One thing leads to another, then leads to another. And then you end up looking back and you're far away where you sh- from where you should be and then you're carrying the guilt and then you're asking for forgiveness from God and from yourself. The amazing thing, and this is the amazing thing, that being aligned with God brings transformation in your own life. He takes us from brokenness to wholeness. He takes us from being defensive to being approachable. He takes us from low to high self-awareness, from being isolated to taking responsibility, from feeling angry to not reacting when you're triggered, from feeling blame to having delight, from having fear to taking courage, from being self-absorbed to offering ourselves as a gift to others, from suffering addiction to freedom, from dishonesty to honesty. He is waiting and available for all of you today. Can I ask you to stand if you're able? I'd like for us all to to take this opportunity to consider how aligned we are with God. And you might be here today carrying, uh, carrying guilt or you might be experiencing one of those areas of brokenness. You may be here today and you might need God's provision in your life. You might feel that this opportunity right now is an opportunity to align yourself with God. And you know the amazing thing, there's always a way back. God will provide for you. God will strengthen you. There's freedom in Christ. So let's just use this break from the busyness. It was amazing that you mentioned uh, that earlier. From the busyness to reflect upon our own lives. And let's just get ourselves in check. What in our lives need realigning to serve God rather than ourselves? What do we need to shift out of our work that doesn't glorify God? Let's just take a moment while the band are playing to just close our eyes and think and then I'll pray for us. Thank you, God. God, we love you so much. God, you give us everything that we need. And we just want to align ourselves with you right now, Lord God. If there's something in our life that's not aligned with you, may you just help us to remove that. Whatever worries or concerns that we're experiencing and taking that away, will you just give us the provision that we need, Lord God. Give us the wisdom. Give us the peace. We just want to serve you, God. Help us to be ambassadors for you in our workplaces, Lord God. 
We love you so much. Help us to be more like you in wherever we go and whatever we do, Jesus. Help us to serve you the best that we can. Amen. Amen. Thank you, church.